nerds, welcome to Scourge Divas. My name's Kirsty, I'm joined by Casey, who's just finished insulting me before I started recording. It's true. And we have a special guest with us this week. Hello. It's Charlotte, who's a level 3 judge and a member of the Commander Advisory Group. Whoop. Which is excellent timing, given that the Commander spoilers are, are currently dropping left, right and centre. Well, I mean, we have them all now, but yes. Oh, they've all been dropped, okay. Yeah. You may also know her from her excellent uh, Tumblr judge question service. I don't know how better to describe that. <laughs> I don't uh, that, that, that gets the point across. Magicjudge.tumblr.com where I answer semi-regularly all your rules and judgely type questions, though not as often as I would like these days, but, you know, whatever. Well, there you go, you heard it here. If you want to if you want to ask a, a judgy type question, head over there and pick Charlotte's brain. So, for the, for the people that don't know you, Charlotte, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Uh, sure. So I'm a level three judge. I've been judging for just over ten years now, which is a long, long time. Um, I've been playing Magic since, like, Fallen Empires, which is also a long, long time. Um, a couple gaps in there, but, you know. Uh, yeah, so I am also, I don't know, I, I like rules, I like policy, I like helping people, and I like Commander, and I was lucky enough to be invited to the Commander Advisory Group earlier this year, and, I, and that's been a lot of fun and a lot of good learning opportunities, and yeah. So, because I, I don't know, I know roughly mm-hmm. what the Commander Advisory Group does, but I suspect a lot of people have no idea. What does the Commander Advisory Group, like, what does that group actually do? Uh, well, the Commander Advisory Group is a group of six community members, mostly content creators, in the Commander space of the Magic community, who basically take our experience and our interactions with the community, and we take that feedback uh, and share it with the Rules Committee, um, and then help the Rules Committee guide the uh, philosophy and ban list and such of the format itself. We don't get to vote on if cards are banned or unbanned, we just advise, as the name implies. That sounds pretty cool. Yep. So, and the the, the big uh, the big question, I suppose, knowing that, is how many commander decks do you actually have? And what are they? Tell us about them. I just finished building my 10th commander deck yesterday. Nice. Well, my 10th... Uh, my 10th... 10th uh... active commander deck? Yeah, yeah. I imagine you have more than 10 ever. Yes, I've had more than 10. <laughs> Not that many more, though. But yes, my 10th my concurrent commander deck. Um... Yeah, so the one I just finished is a Yarok the Desecrated deck, which I've taken in sort of more of an Enchantress direction, because, you know, other you, you, with, with a commander like Yarok, you basically have to focus in on something, otherwise you're just going to build the good stuff pile, which just feels bland and strong, and that's not really a ton of fun. At least m- more than a couple of times, anyway. Um, I feel attacked. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> See, Yarok, Yarok is basically Panharmonicon on a stick, right? It's uh, it's actually better than Panharmonicon because it's any ability of any permanent you control triggering on something entering the battlefield. Yeah. So whereas Panharmonicon is only if it triggers an ability of a creature or an artifact you control. So that allows for namely enchantments and lands entering the battlefield to trigger things. 
It allows for some fun, nasty things like polluted bonds, which triggers whenever an opponent has a land enter the battlefield. It causes them to lose two life, and you gain two life. And with Yarok, that happens again, so they lose four life, and you gain four life. And you know that 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 that's an that seems fair for fair price to pay for the ramp player, right? I'm I'm not sure that does seem fair, but okay. <laughs> yeah. But then moving on to my other decks, um, let's see. I have just rattling off the top of my head. I have, I have an Angus McKenzie fog deck. I we're, have, we're big fans of Angus McKenzie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for we're, obvious we're, reasons. We're morally, we, we morally have to be big fans of Angus yeah. McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, I have an Angus McKenzie fog deck. I have a Alesha who smiles at death. Reanimator slash artifact deck. I have a Ocon and Zinder split coin flipping slash smashing face deck. Nice. I have Eryxmethes Lumbering Isle, which is basically mass bounce and one shotting opponents with Eryxmethes, which is a lot of fun. I have uh, Rakdos the Showstopper, which is basically Demon Tribal. I have Ashling the Pilgrim, which is a mono-red artifact and sort of blowing up the world style deck. And I have a Shieldred Whispering One, Reanimation and Big Mana deck. And then finally, I have my Meme deck, which is, uh, an Ib Half-Heart Goblin Tactician deck, though the build restriction on that is it only includes, other than Basic Mountain, it only includes cards whose name include Goblin or some Goblin variant, like Boggart or Mog or etc. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Goblins are fun. Yeah, Goblins are fun. And there's enough cards with those names that it's actually interesting and the deck can actually do do things. I think that was all ten. Let me double check. Oh, sorry. How could I forget? How could I forget my favorite deck? I also have an Unesh Cryosphinx Sovereign Sphinx Storm deck, which is, like, ridiculous and gross and broken and a lot of fun. It's got two of my least favorite words to hear in magic in it, which is Sphinx and Storm. (laughs) (sighs) You only don't like Sphinxes because they're blue, and you don't like blue because I don't know. No, that's not true. I do like some Sphinxes. I just don't, I, I just, whenever somebody says I'm going to play a Sphinx, I normally just think, oh, a deck that I play don't normally tend to do well against Sphinxes. Well, I'll, I'll have to make sure to play it against you when we play. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I've said I've said that. I've, my deck is all, uh, my, my commander deck is all, um... Yours is just, just dragons, It's just dragons. Yeah. It's, just dragon. it's, yeah, it's like Air Dragon, Dragon Tribal, it's all just massive dragons. Is, yeah. is that why you don't like Sphinxes? Because they can actually block your stuff? Yes, that's exactly why it is. Because it's no fun to play a, a dragon and just sit and smug when you know your opponent's got a biggish blocker that does stuff like um, bouncing things and it's just gross. That and whenever anyone says Sphinx, I automatically think of Sphinx's Revelation, which as you'll hear about uh, in the, the last episode that we that we did, uh, Casey and I talked about Sphinx's Revelation. I love Sphinx's Revelation. I know you love Sphinx's Revelation. But yeah, my, my commander deck is it's uh it's a Ur dragon, just it's just dragons. It's just lots of lots of fun dragons, mm-hmm. all stuffed in because I I like to play dragons. Yeah, dragons are good. It's got very fifty fifty win rate, but 
even if I lose, I don't care because I've played a lot of dragons. Uh-huh. It's like hanging out with all my friends. <laughs> Casey, your commander deck. Tell I, us about your horrible commander deck. I I have two. Okay. I, have two. I talked briefly about one of them last week, which is my um, Esper good stuff. I like to have shiny things in this deck. has lots of foils in it deck. Um, and my other one is my Atogatog Christmas theme deck. Ooh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> Which uh, is is not legal in any format. It wasn't even legal during the brief window where silver bordered cards were legal because it has cards on the actual commander ban list. I think it's only got one card that's on the actual ban list, but it's got a bunch of silver bordered cards because it has lots of uh, holiday promos in it. Is yeah. this the deck that you were talking about when you um, told me ages ago that you played Sharazad and forked it? No, no, no. That was that was the precursor to this deck. Right, because when you said I've got one card in the ban list, I was like, remember me never to play against this deck. <laughs> Sharazad is no longer in that deck. Sharazad was briefly in that deck. But okay. I, I have since sold my Sharazad and replaced it with Divine Intervention. Because that's so much better. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you can either have more games or you can have no game. Um, but yeah, the, the point of the deck is to transfer the, God, what's it called? The equipment that lets you, uh, whenever you activate an ability of the equipped creature, it activates again. Illusionist Bracers. Illusionist Bracers, yeah. So you put Illusionist Bracers on an Atog, and then you eat a bunch of stuff, and then you move it to the Atog Atog, and you eat the original Atog, and you you 21 your opponent, and it's great. I mean, that's what Christmas is all about, right? You eat a bunch of stuff, you put some yeah. Bracers on an Atog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> your, your grandparents come round, everybody eats another Atog. It's all great. <laughs> yeah. That, that like, who doesn't like a good Christmas Atog? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That deck also plays um, Naked Singularity. Ah, that's because a good one. There's, there's few things that represent the confusion of an argument at the Christmas table, the Christmas dinner table, better than no one knowing what any of their land produces. <laughs> yeah. I yep. I nearly said Naked Singularity sounds like my love life up to the age of about 24, but I thought that was maybe. <laughs> oh. I, I thought that was maybe. <laughs> I thought it was maybe it's my love a, life now. I thought that was maybe a, a little bit risky. So this is going to be a bit of a commander-themed episode. Uh, we're going to talk about the the commander spoilers. We're going to do uh, an ask me anything. I've been getting some questions from people for Charlotte about. So most of them are related to commander. Some of them are not. <laughs> and Casey's got a commander-related Tibbles rager. And then we're gonna we're gonna introduce Charlotte to the wonders of Shite or Delight at the end. Yeah. Everyone's favourite quickfire game. So let's talk about these commander spoilers. Let's, okay. Let's. So for people that don't know, there are four new commander precons coming out in when are they coming out? August twenty third. August twenty third. Okay. And they've all there's a morph a morph one because normally they come out and they've got a. They've got a theme, but it's based around a creature type, right? Uh, well, it, they do different themes every year. Yeah. Like uh, last year, they had planeswalkers on the front and different and different sort of mechanical themes. The year before that was tribal ones. This year is based on mechanics. Yeah. 
And then before that, it's been on, like, sets of color identities, like, you know, two-color pairs or three-color pairs or four-color pairs. So there's four this year. There's Morph, Madness, Populate, and Flashback. Flashback, The one I was, like, scrolling to to get to the end. So I, I haven't really been hugely keeping up with the spoilers because, you know, I'm getting married in a week and I'm currently like up to my elbows with stuff to do with that. I have seen I have seen some though. Um but what what are we most what's what's exciting? What's the what's the the most exciting things that have come out of these? For me personally, uh I'm excited for Premicon Sky Rampart, the first ever legendary wall. <laughs> oh yeah, the the, the Freedom Wall. Yeah. yeah, the Jess guy. Well, yeah, I've seen people. All hail about... the giant shape. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people talking about that, but what does it do exactly? Because uh, so, Premicon is a legendary creature wall for blue, red, white. It's one five flying with defender. As Premicon enters the battlefield, choose left or right. Each player may attack only the nearest opponent in the chosen direction, and planeswalkers controlled by that opponent. Okay. So it says go that way. Yeah. I'm trying to like... It sounds and like, it's a 1-5 with flying. It's a 1-5, yes, sorry. Yeah. It sounds like an Uno card. Yeah. <laughs> so you can only... The, the, whoever, whoever plays it names a direction and you can only attack... Attack the, direct immediately in that direction. Yeah. Wow, nice. Yep. And if you ha- happen to make a copy of it pointing in the other direction, then no one can attack... Until the game gets down to two players, at which point left equals right, and yes. That sounds... So I hope you have lots of direct damage in that case. <laughs> or yes. creature removal. Yeah. You could just kill one of the one of the Pramicons. Yeah. Shh. No, Pramicon <laughs> is eternal. I like um, this one that's, that also reminds me of an Uno card, Aeon Engine. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> that one's a headache and a half. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it genuinely is that one that's... The, the Uno card yeah. is like going to change direction. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, for those who don't know, Aeon Engine's five mana artifact. It enters the battlefield tapped. You tap and exile it to reverse the game's turn order permanently. Nice. Which sounds like it should have a silver border, but it doesn't. <laughs> no. Yeah. It does not. Uh, as the flavor text says, paradox? Eh, we'll worry about that yesterday. <laughs> nice. I'm just like scrolling through the yeah. spoilers. I like um there's a a Naya legendary creature that makes eggs. I, oh, I was just about to talk about that. I love that card so much. <laughs> yeah. So she's uh a two, three, four, one red, green, white. Uh she's yeah. a human shaman and has two and tap, create a zero one green egg creature token with defender. And that on its own sounds rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> But she has the other ability. She has a triggered ability that says, whenever an egg you control dies, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. I love it. Yep. So you can hatch a Blightsteel Colossus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Indeed. And the best thing is, the deck also seems to have both Rock Egg and Rock Egg already in it, which are already eggs. So you can hatch a rock egg and get a 3-3 bird and a blight steel colossus. It's like a double yoker. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I think is probably really cool about this 
building a deck around uh, Atla Palani Nestender, which is her name, yeah. is it's actually a reasonable use for playing Riptide Replicator with X of zero to make zero zero egg tokens that break immediately. <laughs> Oh, I want an egg commander deck. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone 100%. wants an egg commander deck. Egg tribal. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. I just want to know how big a blight steel colossus egg would need to be. Uh, the size of a blight steel colossus because it's a robot and doesn't grow. So. Well, it's only a zero one though, so it can't be that big. Maybe it's just a miniature blight steel colossus. No, 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 no. It can still. <laughs> No, see, the zero one is just the shell, right? So the shell on something that big is going to be very fragile, right? Okay, that makes sense. Right? So you break the shell and the colossus comes out. So you, like, you have a massive, enormous egg, but if you look you at it... You just sort of tap just on dis- it and it crumbles. Yeah. <laughs> just disintegrates this light steel colossus comes out. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a weird version of War of the Worlds. <laughs> yeah. I really like uh, Commander's Insignia. Yeah, that's a fun one. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game, which suck in my commander deck, because I very rarely play my commander. Partly because it, it costs so much mana, partly just because I don't, I, I've probably got so many dragons that it's like... Yeah, it's also, the uh, commander's insignia is also pretty good if, with partner commanders, because if you cast each of your commanders, it counts the total number of times you've cast oh, them combined. That's disgusting. Oh, that's gross. Yep. That's so gross. Yep. Uh, let's see. Dockside Extortionist is is very cool. I like yes. that one a lot. So it's a I, one. Two, it's a one I two. Can see that scene play in other formats. Oh yeah, yeah, like vintage. Or, yeah, totally yeah. vintage. Yeah. So doc, it's a one two goblin pirate for one and a red. When it enters the battlefield, you create X treasures where X is the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponents control combined. So you basically just get a ton of treasure just for ETB and, and, and yeah. And I cannot wait to put that thing in my Alesha deck. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep bringing it back. Yep, exactly. I'm looking at the the precon lists, and I like I've 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 never bought a commander precon deck before, <gasps> but I know I know. But I'm looking at this Naya one, and it's got like Wingmate Rock in it. Yeah. Everyone's old friend Wingmate Wingmate Rock has got Dragon Master Outcast. Yeah. Which is a card that I always wanted to just go off with completely, never managed it when it was in standard yep. and limited. It's it has gone. Desolation Twin. Yeah, amazing. It's. God. So you can hatch an Eldrazi. Yep. Oh, what more do you want to do? I just wanted scrambled eggs, and instead I've got like a tiny Eldrazi in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, if you build an Atla deck, you need to put uh, Reality Scramble in it. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I want an egg, an egg, it's an egg-themed deck, but... Breakfast deck, full English Bre- breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think that was, full English breakfast was already like a deck back in the day, wasn't it? It was, yeah. What, was what did that... What did that do? Um, yeah. It was... I'm sure it was some sort of egg deck, but I don't remember exactly what it did. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm just going to see if I can find out. <laughs> can it, if you're going to build a, a full English breakfast deck, uh, you have to have like Reality Smasher, but just altered to be Reality Hash Brown or something. Or real, or reality Smash. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like trying to think of the cards that sound like breakfast food. I don't think uh, this one that sounds like... I don't th- anything with beacon, because then you can mispronounce that as bacon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bacon bolt. Um, I'm trying to think of something to make that sounds like sausage, but I can't. 
So apparently Full English Breakfast is not an eggs deck. It's all about using Volrath's shapeshifter to um, make Phage the Untouchable or other large things. Ah, okay. Sure. Old deck names. They were yeah. odd and named after breakfasts for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Full English Breakfast and a variety of breakfast cereals. <laughs> full English Breakfast is... um. Apparently named such because it's full of fat and much nicer than boring old cereal. Ah, okay. Ah, okay. So that must have come after the other cereal decks. Yeah. Like Tricks and Fruity Pebbles and... I can't think of any other actual ones named Se- after. Uh, cheer- well, cheer- Breakfast? Yeah, Cheerios. Yeah. I want to build a deck called Bran Flakes because it's like really difficult to digest. Full of fiber? So is that like a so is that like a plant tribal deck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a card a card that's in one of these new um one of the new cards that's in one of the commander precons that I am disappointed will not exist in foil because that means I can't put it into a deck is Wall of Stolen Identity. Oh yes, Wall Clone. So it's it's basically exactly a clone because it's three and a blue for a zero zero. It's a shapeshifter wall. Yeah. And you may have it into the battlefield as a copy of any creature in the battlefield, except it's a wall in addition to its other types and has Defender. But when you do, you tap the copied creature and it doesn't untap during its controller's untap step for as long as you control the wall of stolen identity. So you basically, you subsume this creature into your wall and the yeah. wall becomes it. But yes. it's still a wall. Yeah. can't do anything. One thing that's actually interesting is if you play this wall and don't have a copy anything and there's something pumping its toughness, it's mm-hmm. a wall without defender. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I imagine what a wall without defender would actually look like. Um, Mistform Ultimus. Yeah. It's a wall that if you try to get past it, it just steps out the way. <laughs> yeah. so I'm sorry. Maybe, it, maybe it's just like on a, on, on a dolly or something yeah. <laughs> being wheeled around. <laughs> Like a really tidy little wall. Yeah. Like one of those, uh, like one of those little metal fences they use when there's construction. Yeah, or it's, or it's just like a sliding door. <laughs> so cards that someone's clearly going to build a combo deck with. Okay. Scroll of Fate. Who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> run, run through what Scroll of Fate does. Scroll of Fate is an artifact for three mana, and it has the ability tap. Manifest a card from your hand. Not a card at random from your hand. A card. You can choose. Yeah, yes. Seems, seems pretty good in like Brago or Rune decks. Yeah, anything, anything that can blink your things. Gross. Yeah. Seems fun. Oh wait, no it doesn't. I keep, I keep <laughs> misreading Backdraft Hellkite as Backdoor Hellkite. <laughs> that's, that's something, that's something very, different. very different. That's for Magic yeah. After Dark. <laughs> but yes. I know I'm going to yeah. end up saying it at some point when I don't mean to, and it's going to look really awkward. Also, I'm kind of disappointed that Backdraft Hellkite isn't even good in a Backdraft format. It's like too good <laughs> of a card. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that's far too playable to put in a Backdraft. It is. It is. <laughs> this is what this is the commander advisory group you should be saying, look, if you're gonna if you're going to name cards after formats... You have to at least make them good in that format. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So which which of I would say which of these is the not the best? I don't know if there's one that's much better than all the other ones, or if they're kind of reasonably balanced. But which which if if, you, if I give you however much 
the you know these retail for and said, right, you can buy one. Which one are you going to buy and why? Uh, to play like in and of itself. Yeah, just like to, not to take to pieces. No, just to take, just to just to buy and and you know say you're in. I don't know in what situation the three of us are you know being being held by a man that's going right. You have to go and buy one of these decks and you have to play it. Or or like. We're stuck on a desert island, and this is the only commander deck we can ever yeah, have. Yeah, exactly. Or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, that's a much, a much less weird scenario than the one I thought up. Thank you for that. <laughs> I think I'd probably go with the Hellbent deck, because it looks to me like it's the most tuned. It's the most sort of focused. Uh, it has like less different things going on than some of the three-color decks that have some side themes that are... yeah. More represent. So the Rakdos, the Rakdos Madness one. Yeah. Also, it had. Also, I like like all of the legendaries in it a lot. And yeah, I was looking. I was looking at that one because I really like uh, in Gar- uh, not in Garrick's Wake. Um, I've never said I really like in Garrick's Wake before in my life. That was a first. I really like um, Elder Born. That's it. I really like Elder Born. Casey, on this desert island scenario. I I'd like to say that it would be the the populate deck but I don't think it would I think it would actually end up that I would get the the morph deck because it's got blue in it hmm. of course you would you're so easily sweet I, I, look it's not just got blue it's got correct son of Yogmoth. no he's in the uh he's in the is he in the madness deck he's in the madness deck oh no yeah uh, the oh blue... no no I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. The morph, the morph deck has uh, what's his name, the troll Grismold. Mm. The morph deck's got sudden substitution, right? I think so. Which is the split second <laughs> yeah. instant exchange control of target non-creature spell and target creature. Yeah, I think it's got it's got to be the morph deck. It's got to yeah. be. The morph. I love having things face down on my opponents, not knowing what they are. The morph deck also has the ape snake, so it does. It does. And the, um, is that Dinosaur New Apex Altasaur? Yep, Phytosaurus. Yeah, Phytosaurus Rex. Oh, yeah, that's, is that the 1010? Yeah. yeah. When it enters the battlefield, it fights up to one target creature you don't control, and when it's dealt damage, it fights up to one target <laughs> creature you don't control. So you could just have it keep fighting things for as long as you want. Uh, yeah, that's pretty gross. I will have this fight nine of your 1 1 tokens. Yes. Then you're zero eight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then you're wall of stone. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great way to get rid of the annoying walls that are stopping people from doing anything else. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Just drop yeah. your enormous dinosaur. Yeah. I'm gonna actually have to have a look at that now. I haven't looked at it for ever. <laughs> I'm surprised you've not looked at it. It was good luck high fives previews or one of their. Well, yeah, I looked at it when it dropped, and I remember going, "Oh, that's pretty gross," but I haven't looked at it since. What's it called again? Apex Altasaur. And it's in the morph deck. I believe so, yeah. Oh, it's like right at the bottom under other. Yeah, all the new cards because... are under other in those lists. Right. That was that was confusing. Okay. Uh I think if I was on this desert island, like the Rakdos player in me feels like I should say the Madness deck, but I don't know. I really like I think I'd I think I'd probably pick the Naya deck. Mm. Just because it's got eggs in it. And it's got dragons. And it's got dragons. And I really yeah. want to break a load of eggs and make a load of creatures out of them. Because I just think that's that's cool. There it is, Apex Altasaur. Oh, it's so pretty. 
separate and feathery. And it brings belligerence to new heights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's got the punniest flavor test. Yeah. Amazing. That's so, that's that's relatable. Yeah, that's yeah relatable. it's relatable. I like to think <laughs> that's what Casey does every single week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thought sponge is kind of cool. Yeah. Yay for them printing more sponges finally. Now there are two sponges in Magic other than Changelings and Mistform Ultimist. Yeah. That's and, nice. And and it means you've got something to use when you need to get the brain bleach out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Put just put the brain bleach in the thought sponge and dab and dab lightly. <laughs> yeah, it does actually look like something you'd have in your bath, minus the teeth. Minus the teeth. Yeah. Like if you kind of take that bit off, it's really pretty. That's for exfoliating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or exfoliating. Spot tea all over my laptop. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, no, I'm not. <laughs> Exfoliate carefully with a thought sponge. Yes. Yeah. Do not because apply to do not apply to head. <laughs> no. <laughs> For external use only. Right. I I misread this because I'm on like magicspoiler.com because I just googled it to look at the art. Um, and because I'd zoomed right in to look at it properly, the runoff on the the buy like the buy the these decks link like it kind of runs under the picture, but it's buy commander 2019 set of four. For 125 124.99, sorry. So I think like, zoomed in, so all I saw was 124.99, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It's <laughs> like, how how expensive is Thought Sponge? <laughs> Not heard anybody talking about this, but it's like 125 dollars. <laughs> what is going on? Empowered auto generator. Ah uh, yes. And has yes. an infinite combo with filigree sages. Oh god. Okay. Well, I mean, so... it's an infinite combo with lots of things that untap for mana after yes. a certain point, but. Yeah. It's also further proof that Paradox Engine needed to be banned. Yes. Yeah, very much so. So, Empowered Auto Generator is a four-cost artifact. It enters the battlefield tapped, and it has tap, colon, put a charge counter on Empowered Auto Generator, add X mana of any one colour, where X is the number of charge counters on Empowered Auto Generator. So, if you have something that you can pay mana to untap another permanent, such as, for example, your filigree sages, which is two in a blue untapped target artifact, as long as you have at least two counters on Empowered Auto Generator when you start, you can make as much mana as you want. That 100% sounds like the kind of thing that Casey would play, knowing what I do about her previous decks and combo-loving habits. I I don't play infinite combos in commander decks. But let's be fair, getting infinite mana in commander is not exactly difficult. It's not. This is just another way to do it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean getting infinite mana with artifacts is not exactly difficult. No. But I can I can see why that makes a good argument for paradox engine being banned. As as sad as yeah. it made a lot of people I know. Can we talk about the art? The art in this set is just spot yeah. on like all the new all the new cards have great art and there's really great new art for a lot of the reprints as well what's your favorite uh of the new arts i probably the new art for solemn simulacrum oh that was nearly going to be my tip ops rager <laughs> what, <did> you... <laughs> what that art not not particularly not specifically that art but um, invitational cards getting new art when they're reprinted. Oh, ah. okay. 
Well, I mean, that had already, but Solemn had already been reprinted with different art. I know, but but this this, this just makes it even worse. Save it it for next week, Casey. Casey, what's what's your favourite new art? What's my favourite new art? Uh, I want to say, um, oh, what's it called? The imprinty thing has new art, doesn't it? Um, which imprinty the, thing? The the artifact that makes token copies of stuff. No, Soul Foundry has the same oh, art. Is that the same art? Yeah. Uh, one thing I did also notice is it looks though. If you look at the uh, page with all the reprints as well, it looks like they've mimic like that. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, mimic that. Mimic that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mimic that has new art. Mimic that is my favorite. Yeah. But also they did. It looks like they went through and cleaned up a lot of the art for a lot of the older cards as well. Sure. And just sort of brightened up. Like, if you look at the art for Soul Foundry and Fresh Meat, which were the two uh, that I really noticed, mm-hmm. they they seem to, like, ha- be more vibrant and pop a lot more. Yeah, I think Mimic Fat is uh, my favorite. It is super nice. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention Doomed Artisan. Oh, Doomed Artisan is is lovely. Which proves once and for all that marble statues do exist. Look, I know what I meant. You know what I meant. (laughs) Everybody knows what I meant. I do not need to stand for this abuse. Also, sculpture is now a creature type, apparently. Uh, Even wizards are taking the mickey now. Oh, it could be worse. They could have chosen statue instead of sculpture. They could. Yeah, that's true. Now, there's one that I want opinions on because I, there's been some debate in my uh, local Discord about whether or not this is completely broken or not. And I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try. I'm just going to say what he does. Okay. The the one, the Phyrexian Mana Black... Um, oh, correct, Son of Dogmoth. Correct, correct. yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's been some debate about whether or not this is just the most broken card of all time. Well, not of all time, obviously, that's an exaggeration, but whether it's just... He's certainly a strong card, but, like, he's an enabler for stuff. He's not real. Like, the thing is, it co- you still have to pay two mana for every mana you're paying. That's That adds up quickly. Like, you know, yeah, you can do stuff with it, sure, but it's not like... You only have so much life to spend, even in a in a forty life format. And mm-hmm. honestly, like it, it's also just a two-two. Like it dies to shock. You know, it dies to disfigure. Like I think it's good, and I think it's a, a good, in a, yeah. In a dedicated deck with Karik as the commander, that's probably you could probably do something like quite powerful with it. But yeah. I don't think he's broken. No, I don't think he's any more broken than any other commander. I was going to say, I've seen uh, people on both ends of the spectrum kind of saying completely opposite things. Like, either this is, you know, it's, it's fine, I guess. And then there's people that are like, this is just, I can't believe they printed this. This is busted, basically. No, it's it's sweet. I mean, I'm I I'm looking forward to putting it into Alesha so that Alesha can bring things back for four life. Like... <laughs> That's, and that's also, and gross. also, he has the all important two powers, so Alesha can bring him back, which you know. Yep. Gross. And he has sweet as fuck armor. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he really does. Yeah, he, he's super spiky. Do you think that's deliberate? What? <laughs> <laughs> Quite. 
that they, they put the super spiky armor on a card that has the potential to be super spiky. I think that's deliberate. Yeah, I think that's deliberate. I don't know. I mean, it is story-wise, it is accurate. Yes, fact, but true. I mean, they they could have drawn him at any of a number of phases in his existence, and yeah, yeah. I really would like because the Edinburgh Festival's on right now, which is for people that don't know, it's a massive uh, like arts and comedy festival. It's really good fun, but as someone that commutes into Edinburgh five days a week, when everything's absolutely rammed out and half the roads are shut and the traffic's horrendous and it's just full of people and you just want to get on the train and it's really warm and you just want to walk down the street but there's people everywhere standing you know taking photos of stuff or queuing it gets a little bit wearing i really want some armor like that so that i can just like elbows out walk mm. to the train station it's, it's uh-huh. Kirsty's bachelorette party tomorrow and we're going to edinburgh for it and that's what i'm wearing yeah I can hang things on you. Yeah. That'll, one thing's for sure, that'll make for an awesome cosplay at some event. Yeah, it really will. Yes. Yeah. I have, I have a bag full of knitting needles in my back room. (laughs) There's a non-zero chance I can, I'm gonna cosplay that within the next two hours. I mean, it looks like all you need is, like, some football shoulder pads and some gloves and some spray paint. And I can improvise the shoulder ne- pads. And some needles. I can improvise yeah. the shoulder pads. Pretty sure I've got en- enough stuff in my house that I can, uh, you know, maybe borrow one of my other half shirts and bulk out the shoulders a bit and then just stick some knitting needles in it. Yeah. We'll see. As long as Casey doesn't wear that to the actual wedding. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> I think that might steal the show a little bit. How am I going to dance with people? No, that's, uh, yeah, that's true. Carefully. <laughs> <laughs> so over the past week or so, I've been collating questions from people on the internet for Charlotte about Commander, um, about the Commander Advisory Group, about other stuff, miscellaneous queries. So I've got a nice little list here. I'll just run through it um, and yep. we'll see what we come up with. So the first one is, uh, this wasn't specified as being in in the new Commander cards um, or in general, so let's do both. Sure. Favourite flavour text? Favourite flavour text? Uh, see, that's hard because it sort of changes day to day. Uh, in the new cards, probably would be one of the ones I've read out already. I mean, I really like the Aeon Engines yeah. We'll worry about that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. As for, like, overall, one of the first flavor texts that sort of really grabbed me was the original Black Knight flavor text, which is, battle doesn't need a purpose, the battle is its own purpose, you don't ask why a plague spreads or a field burns, don't ask why I fight. It just, it's just very striking, right? It's very mm. sort of evocative, without necessarily telling you too much about the knight themselves. Although, like, flavor philosophy-wise, it sort of feels more red than it does black. But, I mean, I guess it's black in that it's individualistic. and Yeah. The first ever flavor text that I really loved was on a Riptri- Riptide Chimera, which is, I want one, Kyoto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, as for, like, favorite overall, like, humorous uh, flavor texts... I mean, I like the ones that are sort of puns connected with the name, like the card called Goblin Offensive has flavor text that is just, they certainly are. 
<laughs> or like Grizzly Bear. I think it's uh, Grizzly. One of the Grizzly Bear ones has uh, something about he has the right to bear arms. That's, That's Wear Bear. Oh, Wear Bear. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, wear-bear. yeah. That really annoyed me. They reprinted Wear Bear in Eternal Masters, and they changed the flavor text. Yeah, yes, they, did. they did. It was also raging. It's like, come on, why? It's a ter- like it's Eternal Masters. Just keep the flavor text. Yeah. Like they gave it new art, but that doesn't mean you have to get rid of the joke. Yeah, it's like iconic flavor text. Yeah, exactly. The right to bear arms. Like when I was first talking about flavor text, when I started playing, Wear Bear was the first one that de- multiple people said you have to look at this because it's funny. Yeah. Raging. Come on, wizards. It would be like them reprinting Gorilla Titan without "I want a banana this big." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my favourite flavour text is probably the flavour text on Last Word, which is, someday someone will best me, but it won't be today, and it won't be you. Yeah. It's it's just so fucking arrogant, I love it. Lots lots of uh, lots of counterspells have really good flavour text, yeah. too. Like, the original Remand has really good flavour text. Well, at least all of that arm-waving and arcane babbling you did was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, counterspells have, like, really... Um... Sassy ones. And then, like, just back in the day, I always loved all the J.A. Ballard flavor text. Yep. Turn of Frog's got a good one. Ribbit. Lava Axe, Catch. Yep. I like, <laughs> I like that. What was the... Because um, Niv-Mizzet had a sort of mathematical one. Yeah. But it meant something, and I can't remember what. Oh, if you uh, rotate it through, like, 90 degrees, it says Niv-Mizzet is number one. Oh, nice. You can also interpret it to say that, like, tapping Niv-Mizzet equals one, which is one card and one damage. Mm-hmm. F- fodder cannon. Step one, find your cousin. Step two, get your cousin in the cannon. Step three, find another cousin. Uh, yeah, there's so many good ones. And, and like, there's lots of funny ones, but there are also, like, really good, uh, like, just evocative ones, too. Like, the original Thoughtseize flavor text is really good, too. Yeah. Any dream is a robust harvest. Still, I prefer the time-worn dreams, heavy with import, that haunt the obsessive mind. I like all of dementia. It is not that you will go mad, it is that you will beg for madness. Yep. That's so creepy. And of course the iconic, Thibble Thibbet always hated crowds. Yes, the flavor text that launched a thousand memes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it was my first favorite card, just because it was so cute. Oh yeah. Uh, next question. What is the best way to shuffle a commander deck? Uh, carefully. Yeah, <laughs> fair. That's fair. And from the same the same person, how can I play commander when my hands are so small? Uh, <laughs> carefully. <laughs> fair. I mean, that's a legit a legit concern. Um, find know. find thin sleeves that still protect your cards well. Like if you're worried about you know your cards. Or, like, deck thickness, find some thinner sleeves that still protect your cards nicely. And because you're using thinner sleeves, you might need to change them out more often. But, you know, if you find thinner sleeves and don't double sleeve, a commander deck can be fairly manageable. There's nothing stopping you just using, like, perfect fits. Yeah, exactly. And if all else fails, find a friend with larger hands and sit next to them. Yeah. And they can shuffle your deck for you. Exactly. As someone that has quite ginormous hands, I've never had this problem personally. Yeah, exactly. My, 
My hands are sufficiently large. But I mean, in general, you need to be careful when shuffling commander decks just because the fact that you're handling a hundred cards makes it more likely for, you know, it to sort of spill out the middle in general, yeah. even. Especially if they're new sleeves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So carefully is the answer to both of those. I think that's a, that's yes. a, that's a good. Well, I mean, answer. that's the answer to mo- that's a good answer to most questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, most how questions anyway. Yeah, that's fair as well. Um, what's your best commander memory? My best commander memory. Ah, uh, like God, I have so many. Though one, the one that comes to mind immediately was when I was playing one of my defunct uh, commander decks, which was a uh, Gwendolyn de Courcy deck was a discard themed deck i was i had used like using discard punishing effects i had gotten a basically there was only me and one opponent left they were at low life they didn't really have anything on board so i was going to kill them with an attack on my next turn but i was also at very low life i was at one life in fact I passed the turn to them. They had no cards in hand. My Asylum Visitor then triggered and caused me to draw a card and lose a life. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Womp womp. Womp womp, indeed. Uh, In your opinion, what makes a good commander game? A good commander game is a game where everyone gets the chance to express their deck in some capacity and where everyone feels like they had a fair chance to play magic. And that's not to say that you shouldn't play counterspells or removal, but a, a commander game shouldn't be, like, on solid lockdown, and it shouldn't be, you know, heavy, uh, and it shouldn't be, like, comboing on turn three or four sort of thing. Yeah, my uh, other half used to play a uh, stacks deck. Yeah. Like Winter Orb and stuff, and he had to completely dismantle it and build something else because everybody just refused to play with him. Yeah. I think he got to play it like maybe two or three times, and after that, he, they were, everybody was like, nah, we're not. We'll just have our own little pod over here, and you can sit over there because it's just gross. Winter Orb's disgusting. Yep. Yep. In case anybody's never seen Winter Orb, it's each opponent can only untap. Each player, sorry. Each, each player can only untap two lands. Or two permanents. One land. One land. As long as Winter Orb is untapped. I like that. I was trying. I was like subconsciously trying to make that better, <laughs> and it's actually worse than I thought. Yep. Um. What's the least fun? Fun. This is in, in inverted in quotes. What's What's the least fun card currently legal in EDH? Uh, Cyclonic Rift. Agree. Really interesting. Yeah, agree. It just sets the game back to zero, and 90% of the time, the player that plays it is playing it to survive rather than to win. And so then the game drags on for another another at least, you know, seven or eight turns. That's fair. I would have said something like Winter Orb, but then I am the player that's got Cyclonic Rift in their deck. Sure. <laughs> but, so. though, but, that's a, but see, the thing is... The, the problem cards in Commander aren't the cards that are, like, rude on their face. Something like Winter Orb, you know what it's about when you put it in your deck, right? Like, yeah. you know it's going to do X. Something like Cyclonic Rift, because it's become so much of, like, a staple card in blue, on the surface you think, I'm just using this to protect myself, but you don't think that it just literally, like, is, like, 
no one else gets to have fun, and, you know, the game is then going to drag on if I don't have a board set up to, you know, take advantage. Like, it's one thing if you Cyclonic, like, end of turn Cyclonic Rift untap and kill everyone with a big attack or something, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's entirely fair. I'd never thought about it like that. I was always just kind of the one sitting with a cyclonic rift waiting for my big dragons to do stuff, but I hadn't actually thought about it like that. That's a good point. All my commander decks are blue, and none of them play cyclonic rift. Sorry, I play cyclonic rift in exactly one of my commander decks, which is my Eryxmethes deck, and only because that deck already has a mass bounce theme. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you know, it's you know, it's a grim card, and when it's blue, in case he's not playing it. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite kind of bee? <laughs> favorite kind of bee. Bee. I like the big fuzzy ones. That's fair. Who doesn't like the big fuzzy ones? Big fuzzy ones that sort of always look like they're drunk when they're sort of wobbling around in the air. Yeah, they're so cute. My they're sis- adorable. My sister, I rescued one from the the, the pool in our back garden nice. and she caught it in like a little sieve this was when she was three years ago she was only a little like a little toy sieve thing that she had and she was sitting you know stroking its back oh, did it survive oh. well it would have if it hadn't stung her in the finger ah and then she's <laughs> oh so she was sad the bee was dead <laughs> it was yeah it's just, it was just a bad fair. a bad and fruitless exercise yeah she must only been about four or five or something it was really touching until it stung her and died, and she was inconsolable. Yeah. If you had to pick one card in the pre-cons this year as your favourite, what would it be? Like, just overall favourite. Yeah. Like, if I said you we're going to throw the whole lot into fire, but you can save one card. Uh, hmm. And, like, these cards can never be made again. Yeah. There's so many good, cool designs. I hate to throw these cards away. Um, but I think, just like looking at these cards, I think, I think, I think I would say Pramicon, because it's just a very cool, very sort of flavorful design for a legendary wall. And I don't know that there would, there's a lot of design space to do something different as a, for a legendary wall. Whereas most of the other cards are playing, like, uh, there's not really any other cards that are playing in really weird space other than maybe Carrick. But yeah, but like, I think Pramicon would be the one that would be like the biggest loss to lose just as an individual design. It's fair. You you, you have spoken. It will be saved. Yeah. The rest will perish. No, they won't. (laughs) I will remember them. Somebody asked, did you work with Wizards of the Coast on the Brawl decks as well as the Commander decks? Like, do you have any input on Brawl stuff as well as just straight up Commander? I don't know. The Well, first of all, the CAG doesn't have any input on these things. The CAG is, again, just advisory to the Rules Committee. The Rules Committee has some input on the Commander decks, from what I know. But I haven't heard anything from them about the Brawl decks, so I don't believe they were necessarily constructed that way. Though I feel that... I'm pretty sure that Gavin Verhe is the product architect for Brawl as well as Commander. I might be wrong on that. 
And since he's the product architect for both, I imagine he would approach them both with the same sort of design philosophy. So I can't. So even though there might not be direct feedback from the RC on the brawl decks, I imagine that the 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 general commander philosophy is probably going to carry over into them. Plus those cards. But I have no individual knowledge of this, so those cards no have to be legal and standard as well. Yeah. So. Those cards have to be legal and standard. They're going to be played in Commander, you know. Um, the last question is from uh, a, a Scot, another Scottish level two judge. He wants to know how many bronze sables you own now. Uh, more than I can count. <laughs> I have two small, uh, two small nine pocket binders full of foils. I have a sort of medium-sized, like, sort of fat-packed box-sized box of loose foil bronze sables. I don't collect non-foils, yeah, just because that would be overwhelming. But I would, I would, I would assume I probably own somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, 500 foils or wow. more. Wow, that's a lot of foils. It's a common. It's been printed three times. Yeah, that's a lot of foils. Yeah, it is. Like... I don't envy you because the like the one event I did. So for some for some background, I spent about a year getting everybody I know to look for a cat that was made, looked like it was made out of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had everybody. I had. You I had even um, a cat. That's the best part. No, okay, but it looks like a cat, and it's meant to look like a cat. So I made everybody look for this cat that's made out of it's cheese. Not made and everybody going cheese. through every single. It looks like it's, it's wax made vacuum. <laughs> but it looks like it's made out of cheese. Okay. okay. So I made everybody went to everybody I was going to gather or sending me pictures of cats. I think I was listening to like an old episode of uh, Good Luck High Five, and it was mentioned, and something just clicked in my brain, and I suddenly thought, oh no, now I have to go and tell all my friends that this this cheese cat that I was looking at was actually made out of candles. Yeah. And I'm going to be ridiculed, and I was. Yeah. I, I could I could see that being melted cheese. Exactly. It looks but, like it was, I don't know that it's a cat so much. It's like it's like a four-footed thing with a bunch of candles. Looks like it looks like I mean it's got it's called wax bean, which implies yeah. a lion. And yeah. it looks a bit it looks a bit like a lion. Maybe. It looks less like a lion than I thought now that I'm looking at it again, but I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick with it. Sure. <laughs> so I was at one event where people kept bringing me like people I'd never met were coming up to me going, Oh such and such says I have to give you this and they would just hand me a wax made pack. <laughs> and I was nice. like great so I, I I can't imagine what it must be like to have five hundred of them. Yeah. And like having about four just kind of dotted around the room and I find them and remember my shame from time to time. Eh, I like the bronze sable though. That's fair. And it looks nice in foil. My one annoying thing is I have tried reaching out to the artist on several occasions and never been successful in getting in contact to either acquire prints, proofs, etc. So if anyone listening there to this out there has any contacts with the artist of Bronze Sable, please get in touch with me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> or get in touch with Scourge Divas and we'll, we'll pass it on, we'll facilitate. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen, people. Yeah. So since we've done the rest of the episode commander-themed, we're going to have a commander-themed Tibbles Rager in case he's got one specially, specially brewed up. So it's something that now, okay, I've got to admit up front 
that I have been guilty of doing this in the past. I think many people have, but unlike some people, I realised very quickly that it's fucking awful and stopped (laughs) doing it. What it is, is playing Chaos decks in Commander. Now, if you don't know what I mean when I say a Chaos deck, you do. Because everybody knows one. Everybody knows that one person with a Chaos deck. It's the deck that plays things like Possibility Storm and... and Warp World. Warp World and... uh, Yeah, all all these whims of the fates and fucking confusion in the ranks. And conjured currency and Scrambleverse. Scrambleverse, yeah. All these cards that just make it so that no one actually gets to do anything that they actually want to do. And everyone, I think everyone goes through this stage, or a lot of people go through this stage when they're introduced to Commander. Um, I was introduced to Commander. A long time ago, it wasn't called Commander. I'm sure Charlotte's probably the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone goes through that phase where they're like, oh, it'd be really cool if I just built a deck with like things that make things wacky and it'd be quite funny. But you realise after playing this once or twice that it's funny for the person playing it, but it's not fun or funny in any way, shape or form for anyone else. And Commander, unlike many other forms of magic, Commander's not supposed to be a zero-sum fun game. Yeah. Commander is supposed to be a game where everyone sits around a table, has an enjoyable time. Like, the the game of magic should almost be secondary to what's happening when you're playing Commander. Yeah. It's the, the, the format exists to socialise. And you can't socialise when you're trying to keep track of how many copies of various things there are in the stack because someone's got bloody what's its face, Eye of the Storm in play. Yeah. And it's just it's no fun for mm-hmm. anyone. So this is my appeal to you. If you are that person, if you're the person who's playing the chaos deck because you think it's hilarious, stop. Please stop. It's not it's not funny. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. You're the only person that is having any sort of fun while you're playing this deck. And what's going to happen sooner or later, everyone else in your playgroup is going to see you pull that deck out and they're just going to scoop and you're going to have no one to play with anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be your own fault. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I read the text on Eye of the Storm and I got as far as then that player copies and I just, I was like, nope. I don't even want to read that. I Eye of the Storm is the one card I refuse to answer questions about on my blog because people kept asking stupid Eye of the Storm questions. Yeah. Also, Scrambleverse is the one magic card I will systematically destroy anytime I come into possession of copies of it. <laughs> because it is the most, it is the biggest time suck of a card ever for the least effect, and there's nothing fun about it. And it's dumb. At least with Warp World, you get, like, there's, you know, this sort of thrill of the unknown thing, where it's like, I might get a really good board, and the person who cast Warp World might get a really bad board, you know? Mm -hmm. So Scrambleverse says, for each non-land permanent, choose a player at random, then each player gains control of each permanent for which they were chosen, untap those permanents. Which, first of all, 
I, I, I was sitting here and I had to read it about about four or five times before I actually understood. But see, let me t- explain to you how this card is actually resolved. This card would be fine in, like, Hearthstone or on Arena or somewhere where it can resolve itself. In paper, you know what you have to do? You have to point at every permanent, roll a die. Point to the next permanent, roll a die. Point at the next permanent, roll a die. Yeah, that seems like the kind of card that if somebody played it, I would, I would just immediately zone out and start thinking about what I was going to have for dinner. Yeah. Yep. It Honestly, Scrambleverse takes longer to resolve than Thieves' Auction does, and that card takes forever to fucking resolve. Yeah. Like, there's a reason gerrymandering is silver-bordered. So you got that a personal a personal plea that if you're gonna if you're gonna play commander, don't play it like that. Yeah, yeah. and especially especially please if you're playing commander at a magic fest and it's in one of the constructed like the, one of the commander side yeah. events that I might be judging. <laughs> please play something else. Are you speaking from experience? Has this happened? Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> What's, what's interesting is that the flavor text on Scrambleverse is sometimes a little chaos is in order. And that's correct. A little chaos. <laughs> yeah, sometimes a little <laughs> chaos is in order. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, like, like, for example, one of my favorite cards in my coin flip deck is a card called Risky Move. Do either of you know what this card does? I do not. Okay. From... Battle Bond, isn't it? No, it's oh. from Onslaught. Okay. So, Risky Move is a three red 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 enchantment. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player gains control of Risky Move. We're off to a good start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you gain control of Risky Move from another player, choose a creature you control and an opponent, flip a coin. If you lose the flip, that player gains control of that creature. Well. Just, <laughs> just dead silence. So, I mean, the thing is, this this is this is a little chaos, right? Yeah. And it's and it's a fun thing. Like the thing is, I play this. No one like very occasionally someone will use removal on it. Uh-huh. But most of the time, it just goes around the table. A few creatures change control, mostly tokens. People act pe- and people end up having a little bit of fun with it, right? Uh-huh. It's not. It's not flipping the table over or like turning all the cards around and shuffling them up and everyone grabs a pile sort of thing. This this is a little chaos. And it is fun. That's acceptable. Yes. So that's is that about the limit of chaos? Yes. I I am can be accepting of a good warp world if your deck is built to maximize it. Like if I am playing a token deck and I have, you know, 30 tokens, sure, then Warp Worlding makes sense, because I have a very good chance of getting a much better board state by turning these 30 tokens into, you know, possible permanents, right? Yeah. But but Warp Worlding just to Warp World or Possibility... Like, I love Possibility Storm. It's one of my favorite cards. But I will admit, it's a card you need to build around if you're going to play it, because otherwise it just fucks things up. Yeah. So in, in conclusion, if you see Casey at an event and you're playing a Chaos deck, you might want to kind of quietly put it back in your bag, at least until she's gone past. Yep. 
or if you're um if you're going to play it in an event where Casey's judging, the recommendation given by Doctors Worldwide is no. Yes, yeah. please don't. Don't do that. <laughs> please don't do that. Don't do that. So one of my favourite things to do on this podcast is introduce new people to the wonder of our favourite quickfire game, Shite or Delight. We're gonna we're gonna get Charlotte to play. So for people that don't know the rules, uh Casey and Casey or myself or both of us uh come up with a list of, of topics and we reel them off and the other player has to dictate whether they are shite or delight. With no justification. With no justification. Well, okay, we occasionally we do kind of reel into justification, but it's, it's it's pretty quick fire. So I think Casey has the list. Yes, it is mostly magic related, but not not completely magic yep. related. Okay, take it away. Okay, commander. Delight. One v one commander. Shite. Turn one soul ring. Delight. Reprinting invitational cards with new art. Uh, shite. Magic fest after parties. Delight. Fucking torrential rain. <laughs> Fucking torrential uh, rain. Occasional delight, usually shite. <laughs> yeah. Competitive rules enforcement, two-headed giant. Shite. Elspeth still being dead. Uh, somewhat shite. Chaos decks. Shite. The reserve list. Shite. Tourists. Oh, that's controversial. Usually shite. Stroop waffles. Delight. Kirsty's mum. Delight, even though I've never met her. The fairy hero of Dominaria still being legal and standard. As it should be according to format rules, yada yada yada, but shite. Poutine. Oh, poutine. Yeah. Delight. Shite or delight? Delight. Yay! Stone of Eldraine having 23,000 different types of booster pack. Confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I'd say generally a delight because it serves the interest of more people. Yeah, I think that's that's where I'm at with it. Um, that's the the end of the the quickfire round. <laughs> okay, Yay. that's that's where that's where I'm at with it. I think uh, I think it's um, it's a good way to get like yeah. interesting cards into people's hands without necessarily making booster draft all about the lottery. Yeah, it's good. It's also a good way to. Uh, get those cards in reasonable numbers into the secondary market. Yeah. So how was your first ever Shite or Delight? Was it everything everything you hoped it would be more? Yeah, it was good. (laughs) Nice. It went a lot quicker than I thought it would. It it always feels like they last longer when I'm listening to the episodes. It always feels like it lasts longer when I'm um, I'm trying to think how to how to Phrase this delicately. When I'm receiving rather than giving. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How can I phrase this delicately? And then, like, does the equivalent of a firework through your letterbox. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte, if people want to contact you to ask you any rules or commander-related questions that aren't linked to Scrabbleverse in any way whatsoever, where can they find you on social media? 
Uh, well, my blog is at magicjudge.tumblr.com. That's the easiest way to get your question answered. Uh, I also write once a month for Cranial Insertion. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JackalGirl, which is J-Q-L-G-I-R-L. And yeah, those are the best ways to get in touch. Excellent. Casey, okay, so if people want to get in touch with you to uh, talk about your hatred of chaos decks, where can they do such a thing? Uh, they can get me on Twitter at PurpleSnap and also on the Scourge Divas Twitter at Scourge Divas. Um, or they can email me at scourge.divas at gmail.com and I, I promise soon we'll be back to streaming on the, the Scourge Divas account yeah. hopefully next week, yeah. but uh, life life's just uh, gotten in the way. Yeah, as it, as it so frequently does. This, the, the, the Twitch account is... This is this is really bad that I can't remember. It's twitch.tv forward slash scourge underscore divas, am I right? That's right, yes. And you should 100% follow us in there anyway, because if we hit affiliate, we're going to get some really cool emotes. May or may not be involving my cat. Definitely involving your cat. Definitely involving my cat. There and, you go. And also press G to play to to pay respects. <laughs> press yeah. G to play to play. See what we do now. Yeah. Press G to pay respects. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So follow us there, and then you'll also get a handle notification when uh, Casey goes online. Um, if you want to come and talk to me on social media, I'm at Hayworth Artist on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm also on the Scourge Divas Twitter and email. So you can send your th- thoughts and in, 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 uh, comments there, and they will be picked up. Uh, Charlotte, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank it's you been, for having it's, me. It's, it's been excellent. I've learned so much about Commander. It has been very excellent, and I look forward to my next appearance. Excellent. Yes. Our, our, our resident commander guru. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week for more Scottish magic-related banner. Bye. Bye. Bye.